This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, May the 12th. We have, of course, got the very top stories from across Kent for you again today. And first, a jury has been shown a replica of the weapon that's said to have been used to murder Kent PCSO Julia James. It's day four of the trial at Canterbury Crown Court. Julia, who was 53, was attacked as she walked her dog in Woodland, not far from her home in Snowdown between Canterbury and Dover in April last year. 22-year-old Callum Wheeler from Sunshine Corner Avenue in Aylsham has admitted killing her but denies murder. Our reporter Sean Axtell has been in court today. Jurors were told how Callum Wheeler of Aylsham barricaded himself into his bedroom when police arrived to arrest him. Body-worn police footage played in court showed the dramatic moment officers burst into Wheeler's bedroom and arrested him. With the jack handle visibly propped up against the bedroom wall, the jurors saw that. Uh, and now just a little bit about that jack handle itself. It's a tool used on railways. Uh, and I'd like to talk about that a bit because jurors were given a replica to hold today to get a kind of tactile sense of the sort of damage it could it could cause if it was utilised as a weapon. Uh, and a senior doctor who carried out Julia's post-mortem told the trial her cause of death was blunt force trauma to the back of the head. He, he called her injuries the worst I've ever seen. Uh, he added that she would have fell unconscious after the very first blow. And when the judge, Mrs Justice Chima Grubb, asked how many strikes Julia sustained, Dr Pedrici explained it would be just a very rough estimate. It's not one or two, whether it's eight, nine, twelve, fifteen, sixteen, I I just really don't know. And you can continue to follow updates as the trial continues at Kent Online. Kent Online News. As promised in yesterday's podcast, we've got more today on the rising cost of living and how it's affecting many, many families in Kent. Well, today it's being reported tax cuts could be announced within weeks to help those who are struggling. The Chancellor's also reportedly told his officials to look at the idea of a windfall tax on energy companies. Well, ministers have been coming under increasing pressure to do more to help parents who can't afford to feed their children, for example, or those who will have to choose between heating and eating come the winter time. Karen Isaacs is from Canterbury and has told us that she's often left with just £10 to her name after paying for food and bills. I'm 65 this year um, and I'm having to do two jobs because obviously, as you're aware, pensions were changed and we don't get them now till we're 66. So um, there's that to think of. And I live rurally um, and the heating oil is you may not know, has gone right up in price. So it used to be £250 for 500 litres that would last in the bad weather only really a couple of months. And now it's gone up to £500. So it's doubled in price. Um, and so that's taken a huge lot of money from, you know, many people that live rurally. It's, you know, had such a knock-on effect. And as far as I know, there's not a cap on oil prices, so they can charge whatever they want. Um, at the beginning of the troubles in Ukraine and all what that caused, it was going up to a thousand pounds for 500 litres. So, therefore, many people went cold um, through the bad months because they just couldn't afford to have it delivered. 
living out in the country, it's generally colder anyhow because of where you are. And so it's, you know, I feel like we get forgotten, really. It's, um, you know, really has a knock-on effect with everything else then. The saying of choice of heating or eating is so true. Um, And obviously I'm not alone on this. There's an awful lot of people that are in the same situations, families, elderly people, people that live alone. um, And it's really bad. Basically, I don't go out so much because I do work partially from home. So that helps a lot because the other thing is I'm not on a bus route or anything. So my car, I've got to keep that going and I've got to use it to get to my second job. Um, Luckily, I don't have parking charges there because that is another big issue for many people. Um, So I've had to cut back on lots of things, really. Obviously not going out. My daughter was graduated. last week which was amazing but you know I would have liked to have got her something I'd have liked to have taken her out for a meal afterwards I'd have liked to have done all those things because I'm so proud of her and I couldn't do any of that it's just really bad that it's come to this like normal people you know everybody is it's having this really bad effect I feel like we're going back to Victorian times really a bit of them and us, really. Meantime, almost 90% of people who voted in a Twitter poll set up by our sister radio station KMFM think the government should have an emergency budget to help with the cost of living. Research suggests as many as one and a half million households will soon struggle to pay for food and energy. Jo James is from the Kent Invicta Chamber of Commerce. She says that employers are also in need of help at the moment as well. Businesses are really struggling at the moment and, you know, this focus at the moment with town centres is, is very welcome but it's very short term and I think that you know the biggest focus for business now um, and the country is actually soaring costs of doing business and we're calling on the government to for an emergency budget just to look at three key areas um, and that they're things that can be addressed and they're, they're reducing the tax burden uh, reverse that and that's by reduce you know reversing Uh, that increase that we've all had to have in national insurance. And we're not saying don't do it. Uh, What we're saying is, can it be delayed for 12 months? Definitely look at reducing VAT from 20% to 5% on fuel bills and to reinstate free COVID testing for business, uh, because that would really ease the strain on productivity and, and really that there is more and more people now um, actually being absent from work and it will enable businesses to actually manage their workforce. And I think these three steps are something that could help now. Um, you know, it's needed now. There's little bureaucracy involved in making these changes and they would have an immediate benefit and they're straightforward measures that could quickly be reversed once the economy starts to take shape. And, you know, that. I think the thing we need to remember is that, you know, the costs facing businesses now and people in the street, it's actually two sides of the same coin. If we can ease the pressure on business, then they can keep the lid on prices. um, And and that, in the end, is going to help also with consumers. So, you know, the government have financial levers they can pull on and and we would ask them that they do it now. How confident are you as as we move forward are you seeing that we're recovering well or do you think it's going to be a very slow process as we come out of the pandemic I think it's going to be a slow process um, I don't think it's going to I don't think we're going to return as quickly as the government um, are predicting that we're going to be doing um, I think we were doing well but then obviously we've been hit with a myriad of, of pressures 
Um, and, and this is taking its toll and it's really hindering with, with business business growth. Um, you know, we're, we're talking of, in some cases, um, you know, fuel prices being increased by 100, 150%. We're talking of material prices in some cases, you know, up nearly 200%. You know, it's just not sustainable. And then the government then adding additional taxes on top. Um, it is bound to have an impact on, on growth. And what we need is an environment that's conducive to business growth. Um, and that's where the government can step in and help. Also on this topic today, homeless charities warning about the devastating impact of cutting a vital support service in Kent. Council bosses want to get rid of a scheme that helps rough sleepers find housing, jobs and health appointments as they're facing severe financial challenges. Porchlight have raised concerns about the human cost if the plans go ahead. And slightly related to this, and we'd love to know your thoughts on this one today, a man who was fined £150 for dropping a cigarette butt in Faversham claims it's unethical amid the cost of living crisis. Now, Giles Kletch says there aren't enough bins outside of the town centre and enforcement officers are targeting smokers to make easy money. Well, we're asking in a poll within the story at Kent Online if the charge is too high. You can let us know what you think by voting. 90% of littering fines issued by Swale Council last year were for dropped cigarette butts, interestingly, and bosses say the cash is invested back into keeping the streets clean. They've also told us that it costs more than a million pounds to clean the borough's streets every year and three quarters of the litter is smoking related. Plenty of you are commenting on the story as well. You can also leave a message by heading to our socials. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A homeless campaigner from Sheppey has had his car stolen and torched while being treated in hospital. Malcolm Staines, who collects money outside Specsavers on Sheerness High Street, had to have his finger amputated because of an infection. His vehicle was taken from the car park of Medway Maritime in Gillingham and later found burnt out. Police have told us they are investigating. Meantime, they're trying to track down a woman following an arson attack at a shop on Gillingham High Street. An item was set on fire and put on a shelf in the Wilkinson store last month. We've got a CCTV image of someone officers want to speak to at Kent Online. A court's heard a gang of thieves nearly shut down a Kent business after causing £30,000 worth of damage during a raid. The trio, who are aged between 19 and 39, tried to escape from Goody Demolition in Aylsham after gathering scrap copper but were tracked down by a police helicopter. They've been locked up for a total of nearly eight years. Two others, however, did manage to get away and are yet to be found. Kent's understood to have welcomed more refugees from Ukraine than any other part of England. Figures given to the Kent Online podcast show more than 1,100 have been matched with host families in the county. Around 6,500 people in total have offered to take in people who fled the conflict. Tatiana lived 20 kilometres from the Ukraine border and managed to get out of the country shortly after the conflict started. She's now living with a family in Kent after getting a visa two weeks after applying. Tatiana came with two teenagers, uh, 16 years old and, and 12 years old. With the help, uh, Tatiana's children now uh, study in the school. They go to school now. Actually, her husband uh, gave permission to, to, to leave the country in the first day of the war. 
Це відносно. Ми отримали візу. І вже прийнято було рішення. It's been revealed today that a P&O ferry that was detained for six weeks at Dover had a record number of deficiencies. Dirty working conditions, faulty rescue boats and problems with fire safety systems were among a staggering 47 failures discovered on the Pride of Kent. It has now passed an inspection on the fourth attempt after the company replaced 800 workers with lower paid agency staff back in March. You can read that report in full by heading to the story on the website. Tributes are being paid to a Whitstable man who died after having an epileptic fit. 26-year-old Guy Bullen was found unresponsive in his bed by his mum and paramedics were unable to save him. His dad and brother are now taking on a long-distance bike ride in Spain to raise money for the Epilepsy Society. The family of a Faversham girl with severe brain damage are trying to raise £20,000 for groundbreaking treatment in Panama. Three-year-old Luna Walker was born with a condition that's left her unable to see, walk or talk. Her mum's hoping to take her abroad for stem cell therapy, which could improve her quality of life. Now, today is International Nurses Day and data given to the podcast shows the job is one of the most admired. However, it's also being suggested there could be quite a lack of understanding about what they do. A survey's found only 15% of us associate nurses with making decisions about diagnosis and treatment. Regini is a ward manager at Medway Maritime Hospital in Gillingham. That's Kent's biggest and busiest hospital and she's been telling us why she enjoys the work so much. Feeling job satisfaction and feeling a fulfilment that I'm bringing positive changes to people's life. Um, I'm being a part of um, the caring industry um, I just go back and I think that I've, I've definitely done something really good to the community, to my fellow people. It's a day where we thank all the nurses to their contribution to health service. Uh, they play, um, the nurses, we play a big role in um, patient care. Um, from the day like they get admitted to the day discharged and they get followed up in the community. Um, nurses uh, play a role in the hospital, in the community, in GP practice and um, basically everywhere. I think um, it is a day to thank all the nurses, remembering those nurses who lost life uh, during the COVID um, and to um, say that um, we are really like angels. Uh, we we play a big role in health um, health sector. Without nurses, I don't think um, hospital can hospital or any um, clinical units can function. Kent Online reports. You can head to Kent Online today to see new pictures that we've been given of the planned Lower Thames crossing as a fresh consultation gets underway. It's hoped the road tunnel linking the A2 near Gravesend with Tilbury and Essex will help reduce congestion at Dartford. Some changes have been made to the design by heading to the story. You can also find out how you can get involved by having a say. Nominations have opened for the Medway Youth Awards. It's aiming to celebrate inspirational children and young people who make a difference in the community. The winners will be announced at a ceremony at Gillingham Football Club in November. 
Now, the empty Barclays Bank in Raynham High Street could soon be turned into a pub. This is actually one of our most read stories today. The owners of the popular dead pigeon in Rochester want to open a second, much bigger business. They were one of the first to start a takeaway service when the initial COVID lockdown was announced and have developed quite a following over the years. We've been catching up with Jamie Clark and Tom Mudge to find out about their plans. One of the main requests we get is... Can you open up in Raynham? Um, so we've listened to our customers. We get messages, comments, people at the bar just always asking us about doing a place in Raynham because they love it so much. Um, and we decided now's the time. When uh, lockdown hit, we were probably, the day the day after Boris shut the pubs, we were probably still one of the, we maintain one of the only pubs pouring pints in the, in the country. We kind of had a plan. It was literally a week before lockdown and me and our other business partner, Rachel, Jamie's wife, we were just like, you know, we just like the pub was really getting good. I've like, been open for about a year, year and a bit. And we we're all like, well, yeah, it's going well. And it's like, oh, well, the pubs are shutting. And me and Rachel were a bit down and Jamie came to us like, no, I'm going to build a website, we'll do takeaways, we'll deliver beer, we'll milk cartons. And we're like, okay, let's go for it. And we'll do dumb pizzas and we'll build up to burgers and that. And yeah, it just went a bit mental. And, uh, we thought we'd probably do one or two pizzas a night and uh, kind of went a bit crazy. Yeah, it wasn't that, was it? <laughs> Rubbing with all loads of friends and families to drive in. And... But yeah, our, our, our followers and fans like really supported us through yeah. that, that period. Um, and it allowed us to grow the business, hire more people, yeah. uh, expand. And that's how we've got here today, really. Me and Jamie met at the Howard School during sixth form, and I think we were probably the two most annoying people in sixth form. Yeah, so we decided to join forces rather than wind each other up, and uh, ever since then, just been yeah friends. And uh, Jamie was into uh, run marketing companies, and I've kind of been uh, learning how to be a chef for the last couple of years. And then we thought we'd bring the two together and open up a pub. And we, we originally we were like, oh, no food, it's just going to be beer, but. I think nowadays you just have to have food in pubs. It's People asked us for food, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, so yeah. we changed that quite quickly. And obviously Tom's background in chefing, it was quite an easy decision to make. Yeah. Because we knew what to do. <laughs> We're extremely excited. Um, we can't wait to get going, really, can we? Yeah, no, it's going to be really and good. And the staff are, are really excited for it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, we're just hoping to get in as quick as possible, really. They're hoping to employ up to 25 staff with a venue able to cater for about 100 seated customers. And the famous Goodyear blimp has been spotted in Kent again today. You might have seen it flying over Sittingbourne and Medway earlier. Well, it's getting ready to provide aerial footage of a racing event at Brands Hatch this weekend. Kent Online Sports. Cricket and Kent are still looking for their first win of the season as they welcome Surrey to Beckenham from today. They've lost or drawn all four of their county championships matches so far and are currently bottom of the Division 1 table. Surrey are currently at the top. And that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also now get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site to do it. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And whilst you're on the site today, you can read our latest Eat My Words food review, which involved a whopping 20-inch pizza. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.